Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. Warm morning to you. For those in the teacher training, can you imagine it's day five? Ah, time is flying by. Even if it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> day five, what day will be? The theme of today is choose what is. Choose what is. Interesting theme, isn't it? The ability to choose what is. It's a very difficult endeavor to choose what is. And you can consider that we're rarely with anything as it is. You want an example of that? Look at yourself. How often do you choose yourself as you are? It's an interesting inquiry, isn't it? The opposite of choose what is, is what should be. What is versus what should be. What is versus what should be. And that's how it can be. In this dance, of yes, things are occurring, life is happening, and I have a choice to choose it as it is, or will I choose it as it should be? This is what you'll have an opportunity to explore today of how you position yourself in the world and how you see the world and how you embrace the world, where you do and where you don't. And that'll be a fascinating equation to unpack and unfold for you as the individual. And there's some distinctions up on the board to break these things down as I like to do. I always like to get a sense of <laughs> the tendencies to torment ourselves and then how not to do that. And so that's the attempt of these conversations, of breaking down, creating distinctions and how we create some chaos and conflict in our lives. To pinpoint where that is, and then develop a practice or a mechanism that is a countermeasure to the ways in which we torment ourselves, so we can stop doing such things. Because they have heavy consequences attached to them. <clears throat> it's very interesting being a human being, isn't it? It's fascinating. What's so fascinating is we don't get away with much. Maybe nothing. You could argue that. But everything we do, there's consequences attached to it, whether we like them or not. It's very, very difficult to get away with anything. <laughs> Reality has a way of revisiting us and saying, hey, remember that thing you missed or turned away from? Well, I'm back. Let me poke you a bit. Let me teach you the lesson that you didn't learn last time. Ah! And we know what that feels like. Absolutely. Reality is attempting to teach us lessons, lessons we need to know and learn. That's what's so fascinating about being a human being and why life can be so challenging if we choose not to be the student. Nope, I don't want to learn. And so up on the board, what should be? the attempt to bend reality. Yes, this is happening, but it should not be happening. And so I'm going to try and bend you in a way that is much more acceptable to me. And we can do those things. We can do that to ourselves for sure. You are totally unacceptable, and I'll attempt to bend you into a different version of yourself. In relationship at times. No, you don't get to be that way. Nope. 
I'm going to try and bend you, and so you stop being that way. And when you are that way, you're much more acceptable to me. So let me bend you and shape you and all of these things that we attempt to do in relationships that often don't work out so well. We pursue the ideal. We talked about that yesterday, the ideal. The perfect version of something, whatever that is, the perfect version of you, your partner, your parents, I don't know, whatever you're pursuing, the ideal, where there's expectations and attachments attached. And we can get attached. It's very difficult to detach from our ideals. It's very difficult. And we can put a lot of pressure on ourselves. We can put a lot of pressure on other people. So they're closer to the ideal that we have. This illusion, this fairy tale, this vision that we're comparing to. And that's what's so interesting about being in a relationship. If we're not careful and actually not in relationship with the person, it's we're in relationship to the ideal and then down to this person. And that's never going to work because the comparisons are always there. You're not this. You aren't this. What the hell's going on here? This is what I want. And what's so bizarre is that people can't see the ideal that we have. And so they're blind. And often we, we do a terrible job of explaining ourselves and our ideals and our visions and our boundaries and values and expectations and all these kinds of things. You can come across as, well, if you loved me, you'd know. If I have to tell you, then it's not organic. It's like, what? <laughs> okay. So let me just flounder around here trying to figure you out with no help. It's so strange how we can get caught up into that. And it's very common. It sets up us up for disappointment and failure and it sets up the other for the same. That's why we can be so disappointed and perpetually disappointed in life because we're pursuing something that's not real. And that's okay at times to pursue a vision, something that's quite not real yet, the future version of something. But we also have to have the capacity to come back to reality, feet on the ground. Like, how am I making that real? so I can touch it and speak to it and feel and these kinds of things versus the illusion of something. And so if we continuously chase our expectations and attachments and our ideals, we're woefully blind and resigned, which is a very difficult posture to take, resignation. There's no hope. It's hopelessness in action, resignation. This will never be. So I'll just be disappointed with you, I guess. And that's tough. It's tough on everybody in that situation. And so we abandon responsibility in that by speaking up, 
by making sure that we're rooted and grounded in reality, in relationship with people as they are, these kinds of things. We abandon all of that to chase the ideal, the illusion. <clears throat> and what's so fascinating about that is we always, get to, we always get to be right about our ideal and justify why we're behaving the way in which we're behaving. If you were closer to my ideal, then I wouldn't have to act like this. So it's not me, it's actually you. And if you just bend yourself, Ashley, just bend yourself, contort yourself into the vision and version I have of you, you'd be better off because you'd be different. And I'd be better off because I'd like you. <laughs> and that's the message that we can send, which is a stiff message. And it's weak thinking. Weak thinking keeps us weak. That's the tendency. And it's full of falsehoods. It's not real. We can be unreal. And being unreal in this world is a dangerous place to be, being unreal. And nobody will take you seriously. Nobody in their right mind would take you seriously if you're unreal in this world. Why would they? You have nothing to offer except some weak thinking and falsehoods. And if anybody chose to be with you, you wouldn't respect them anyways. <laughs> That's what's so interesting. Weak thinking leaves us weak. The outcome is up on the board. And the outcome is we get crushed by the weight of holding all of that up. And it's a heavy infrastructure. And it wobbles us. Ah, trying to hold this thing together. And life crushes us at times. And if we get crushed too many times, we won't get back up. And so the idea is to prevent being crushed as much as we can. And that's what these practices are designed to do, as I see them, to get real, to get your feet on the ground, to stand in your own two feet, to create a posture of presence. and to choose things as they are. Even if we don't want to, that's what's so difficult. It can be, ah, ah, this isn't happening. No, 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 this isn't happening. This is not happening. <laughs> that's how it can be. No, 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 no. This is way better off over here. You stay here, I'll be over there, and we're good. In those moments, we fragment, we split. And then there's less of us. We do that here, and then we do that there. And then we are in the wobble. And the consideration through last night's conversation, you can see how difficult it has been for you to choose yourself as you are. You actually haven't been doing that. If last night's conversation was a new conversation in some ways, and putting yourself together through that lens that we explored last night. You haven't really been choosing yourself to date. It's been the opposite. You shouldn't be this way. You shouldn't be this way. You shouldn't look this way. You shouldn't feel this way. You shouldn't behave this way. You shouldn't be this way. That's the message. 
that we can send ourselves. You should be different than who you are. And you can see that. Those in the teacher training, you started to put that together last night in your life. It's like, wow, that's intense. If I feel that I am unlovable, best I be lovable. If I feel that I'm not enough, best I be enough. I will not choose that. I will choose this. And many of our strengths are attached to that choice. Attempting to prove and perform, our, perform in a way that demonstrates we're not that. We're actually this. And so see me as this. Don't see me as that. And the level of manipulation in that practice is intense. We refuse to be with ourselves, and we do not allow others to be with us fully, is the tendency. You get to be, you get to be with me here but definitely not there. Yes, no, okay, uh-uh. <laughs> this is the game we can play. It takes a lot of energy. I'll give you an example. My relationship to touch has been that game playing in my life. Touch for me has been very, very challenging, physical touch, and has been elusive. And it's been so elusive, I've been elusive. And that was my experience when it came to physical touch. If I engaged, if I was like, if I initiated it, then fine. But if somebody was initiating touch with me, it's like, whoa, whoa. This is not right. You're not safe. And stop this as quickly as possible. And the, the level of control I had, because I had so much attention on that, and the arm's length away. And that posture had some heavy consequences attached to it. Because what ended up happening is I was out of touch. Not only was I desensitized, I was out of touch. And I was weakened in so many different ways, and so when life called on a different part of me, I didn't have the capacity to respond. And life would crush me at times, and I've dealt with some heavy consequences in my life based on my posture and the way in which I was moving in the world. And some of those I did not listen to. And so they revisited me again and say, hey, are you ready for this yet? And sometimes I was, and sometimes I was not. Because I refused. I refused to address what I needed to address. I chose to be willfully blind. No. I refuse you. I will not. And in that lives suffering. And it's really been only, I mean, I've been tracking this for quite a while, but certainly over the last six years being with Serena, I've really had to confront. I didn't have to, I wanted to because I could see the limitation I had. And if I wanted, really wanted the kind of relationship I wanted, then I had to address this because otherwise it wouldn't work. How could it? I wouldn't allow it to work. Being in a relationship on my terms, how I wanted things, it's like, good luck with that. Let me just bend you and contort you a while and see if you can hold that posture <laughs> in this weird pretzel I put you in where you can't breathe. 
It doesn't work. And it's a tremendous amount of responsibility to put on somebody else to keep me feeling safe, where I'd never feel safe. I remember times uh, early on, Miss Serena, I go visit her in the US, and this one time, <laughs> we're on this road trip. I don't even know how we, where we were. It's like this, I, I think I blacked out multiple times. I don't know. <laughs> we were driving through the desert, I think. And it was so interesting because it was so like isolating. And Serena was driving, totally in control. I was in the passenger seat <laughs> and driving. And it was like, we're like, felt like we're the only ones on the road. And I think probably we were. And she has this way of asking so many questions. And <clears throat> I think about physical touch, but just being in touch with somebody. Because my tendency is to be very private and not share myself. And I practiced that for a long time. I think I've mentioned this. It's like telling the truth was not safe. It's like, nope, I don't do that. And so this one, in a car, alone, driving through the desert, in the passenger seat, strapped in, I'm trapped. <laughs> and she's asking me these questions. And all these questions. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm in a death trap. <laughs> it's like literally the highway to hell. And this is so fascinating to look at. It wasn't funny in the moment, I can assure you. Yeah, so here we are, attempting to get to know each other, and I'd be like looking over, and it's like, ah, ah. <laughs> and trying to keep myself together, but it's like. You know, in these, when I think about it, it's like I'd look over and it's like she was changing. You know, it's like I'd look over and then all of a sudden like these horns would pop out. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like turning into this dragon. And that's what it felt like for me. You know, it's like, oh, 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 I am about to die kind of thing. I'm going to die. And that's what it felt like. And the weird things that were coming up for me in that car ride. I was writhing in pain. because it was so uncomfortable for me. And having these visions of like, yep, you should get out of here as quickly as possible. Looking at the speedometer, mm-hmm, I could probably jump. I could. I don't know if I'd survive, but it's worth the risk. And this is where my mind was going. Very strange. But that's the level of threat that she was for me in those moments. And the, the realization of how out of touch I was to see this as such a threat, simply through questions. It's like, wow, wow. And in that, I was attempting to share my experience. I'm like, I am so uncomfortable. My skin is crawling. I, my legs won't stay still. And that was my attempt to share my experience with Serena so she could understand why it was so weird, but also good for me to say it out loud, to reveal my vulnerabilities. And that was difficult to do, because the stance is like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm good. You're safe with me. <laughs> I'm totally fine. 
<laughs> I'm a good guy. And it's like, no, I've got issues. I've got issues that I need to work through. And if you're patient with me and understand me, maybe we can, we can have the kind of relationship that's good for me and good for you. And she was extraordinarily patient with me and had to confront her own challenges through that. Serena's very touchy <laughs> and talky. <laughs> Two things that I was not. And it's like, perfect, right? It's like, okay, I could wreck all of this, wreck all of this, or I could use this as an opportunity to learn and to develop myself through this relationship. And if I can do that, I'll be better off as a consequence for sure. I'll be stronger. I can place myself differently. I can use this relationship as a way to actually notice myself and prove around sharing myself and in touch and, and sensitizing myself. I can see myself the incremental steps through this relationship. And so this relationship has given me a lot. Most importantly, it's given me an opportunity to learn, which is substantial. And none of that was easy. None of that was easy, I can assure you. And in various different ways, it's still not easy for me. It's very easy for me to withdraw and pull away and to continuously position myself. It's like, ah, okay, okay, this is good for me. I know it's good for me now because I have this measure to work from. I didn't before. <coughs> and in that, I've created different kind of balance. There's something tangible that I can really hold on to now that I didn't before. Touch, talking, not safe. That's what I believed. I didn't have much to counter that with, but now I do. And how important that is. We can make choices out of beliefs and expectations and attachments without even attempting to try it on. No, that's not right for me. No, thank you. And we can choose our way through life. No, 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 no. And what ends up happening is we stay the same through that equation. And there's nothing good about that. Because you already know what's waiting for you. You're starting to realize that much more in great detail what's waiting for you through that equation. And it's nothing good. Or you're anchored in the past, terrified. And so the way out, and through my experience, it's like, okay, I have this issue. I have this challenge that I have been pushing away for long enough. And I need to accept this thing now. I will choose you as you are. You as you are with all of your limitations and stupidity and flaws. And work with you as you are, a starting point. Yes, yes, I can improve this over some time. I needed to tell the truth and embrace my responsibility. That was my attempt in the car. I need to say these things out loud so you can understand why I am writhing over here. <laughs> I need to tell on myself and keep telling on myself so people can understand 
what's happening here in my space. And so I can influence how they see me. I'm not in the trap of you just telling me who I am. And I see this as an ethical obligation. An ethical obligation that I have, and certainly you have, to pick up your lessons, to pick them up, to go where you don't want to go. Ah, it sounds exhausting, and it is. However, what's in that amazing journey is more of what you want. There's learning and profundity, and the outcome is maturation. You grow up. It never ends. <laughs> That's how it seems to me. The opportunity to grow up and pick up our lessons and do these kinds of things. And it's better that we do that with other people than attempt to do it on our own. That's one of the great benefits of being in community and having the capacity to be in relationship. Making change on our own is very difficult. Very difficult, and that's why we choose not to do it. In addition to that, the consideration is that change is a threat. It's a threat. It's a representation of failure. The chances of you failing is really quite likely. Not only is there a great risk of failing, it's painful to learn because we have to change to learn. And you're starting to see what you have to pick up to change. It's no simple thing. It's like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to cook. It's like, okay, good for you. But wait until you see what you have to overcome for that to occur. It's your entire life. And what's attached to that is intense. Like me with touch, it's like, okay, yeah, sounds easy. It's like, yeah, touch me. It's like, yeah, I'm totally fine with it. I'm just going to convince myself that I'm fine with touch. It's like, no, it didn't work that way. I had to catapult myself into the past and heal. And that's ultimately what change and learning is. There's a combination of healing that has to transpire. And that's why it's so difficult. I had to heal wee little Kevin inside. It's one way of looking at it. This little bowl cut and bow tie. To go in there and pet him and encourage him and say, yes, you are safe. And to convince myself that I was safe with people. That I had the capacity to respond in these experiences. And so these simple changes that we think we can make, they're not so simple. They're deeply complex. And that's okay if you hold it that way. You commit to this thing, it's going to take some time. The opposite is, I want to change now. Give me something. <laughs> Give me the quick fix. What's the next book, podcast I can swallow <laughs> in the attempt to change? It takes months, years, a lifetime. Something like that to make the changes we want to make and need to make in our life and to set the course, and to wrap practices around what we find important to change. And that's what's so brilliant about these practices. We get to chant together. We get to kriya, meditate, move on the mat. 
And if you use these practices wisely to develop yourself, there's nothing quite like it. There's nothing like it. That yes, you are important. Yes, you are important. <laughs> and you must change. That has to be the message. So today, it's about choosing what is, and you are the is. You are that, the is. And so a question to make this real for you. What are you feeling you need to choose as it is? What have you not been accepting? Fully to date. Anybody have an answer to that? What do you feel you need to choose as it is? Accept something as it is. Kids, very good. Thank you for that. Anybody else have an answer out there? My limitations. Your limitations. Okay. Limitations, capacity to growth. Very good. Thank you for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Choosing the unknown around your career right now. Yeah, great. Which could give you some space, less pressure. You need to figure it out right now. It's like, okay. Very good. Thanks for that. Anybody else? What do you feel you need to choose, could choose? Such a big question. Okay. The idea is to choose something. That is a good idea. Unwind what you have to unwind. To make the space. To hold this thing. And that's the attempt. Create the space and to hold on to this thing as long as you can hold on to it. <laughs> And don't let it go. Use it as a tool, an opportunity to grow, and that's what the attempt is today. So let it be that for you. A great pleasure. Thanks for being here. We're going to catapult ourselves into the practices. Matt, time. See you then, everybody.